Hey guys, welcome to the Source Podcast. So happy to have you guys join us. Uh, my name is Simon. I'm the head trainer here at CCU. So while AJ's out, I'll be taking over and hosting some shows. And, you know, AJ likes to teach people or tell people, um, you know, he hopes that you <coughs> learn one thing. Well, I'm going to take it a step above because I'm an overachiever. And I hope that through this podcast, you learn many, many great things here on the Source Podcast. So without further ado, I got a very special guest that uh, we have brought on today. Um, He's someone that's going to be joining our team. So I'm going to give this gentleman the floor for a few minutes, maybe an hour, however long he decides to talk. But uh, he'll go ahead and uh, introduce himself. Thank you. Good afternoon. I am Brandon, uh, as he said, and going to be joining the team. What was supposed to be Monday is now Saturday uh, as part of CCU. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, if you don't mind, how about you tell us a little bit about your background? What's your previous experience? I graduated high school in 2013, pretty much joined the Army right after that, and um, was in the Army for six years, a uh, couple deployments. And when I decided that it was time to get out, I really kind of got into the uh, trade world and uh, decided that I wanted to be in an office, which was definitely not the case. So I went and I sat in an office for like two years and uh, I absolutely hated it. And so at that point, I was like, I need to do something else. And I started looking at different schools and you guys came up and I was like, you know what? I think training dogs and working with veterans and uh, law enforcement is really something that's right up my alley. And so that's really what guided me in this direction. Okay. What'd you do in the army, man? Well, I was in the infantry, uh, 11 Bravo in the, like I said, in the army. Uh, My first deployment, I was a machine gunner. Uh, transitioned into a radio guy for a little while, and then I was a squad leader for the major the remainder of my time. Words are hard. Okay. <laughs> all right. So that I'm so what I'm kind of gathering from all of this and the background, you kind of saw that office environment is a good uh, change to living out in the field and sleeping in the dirt. Yeah, it's something a little less taxing on your body. And that's really what I thought, actually. And, and at the time, I was like huge into the powerlifting world. And I thought, OK, if I'm sitting at a desk, all I'll do is be able to eat and get really big and really strong. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just I'll get I'll work a nine to five and I'll go to the gym and I'll be able to spend time with my family. And then that nine to five turned into like an eight to twelve at midnight. And I was answering my phone all the time. And it was it was actually more taxing on my body than working like yeah. being in the infantry where i thought that you know that was the most taxing thing that i could do uh so so when i got into the office i was just i was, I was miserable my adhd doesn't allow me to sit behind a desk and type on a computer all day um so it, it just kind of it actually really really wore on me for the year and a half that i was there gotcha so you saw the an appeal to actually go back into the field Okay. Yeah. Aside for once and hang out in the sun, right? Well, I, I think as you kind of have probably seen, I really enjoy just running through the woods randomly and 
and doing all kinds of. Uh, it's not just random. Well, there's a there's a purpose behind it, but in my head, it's just it's enjoyable and 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 being outside and and uh, and kind of being a grunt again, really. If you if you wanted to look at it like that, is is really up my alley. And like I had mentioned before, like the ADHD is just like I'm all over the place, and and it's just not sitting behind a computer. And yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Now I want to compare what we do to what grunts do because, as you can see, um, everyone that works in this community, for the most part, especially the staff here, very high IQ individuals. So I want to really related to grunt stuff. <laughs> well, I think you can. I think you can still have a, a high IQ and and be a grunt. I mean, it's just because you're a grunt doesn't mean you're well, on the low end of the IQ spectrum. Yeah, I mean, we might be talking uh, semantics. <laughs> but, I think that's easy to say because you weren't a grunt. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, my recruiter told me not to be a grunt. Because... <laughs> Mine tried to. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's cool. And, I mean, I kind of came through the same background as well. Yeah. Um, well, not with the infantry. But I came through, you know, working a job, working in construction, and feeling, man, this sucks. Like, <laughs> this isn't fun. And I was in construction, and in, in, you know, I was in an office, but I, I was in the construction field. And those guys are, I, I mean, they don't quit. And and we had, you know, customers all across the country, and in California, as you know, they're they're so far behind us in time. Where it's eight o'clock over here, they're still working, and they don't care. They're they're picking up the phone to call you and. And a lot of that um, kind of took away from family time, which is, is very valuable yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think one of the beauties of, and I think you sense it since you've been working here with us, at least through the trans courses, I mean, working with these dogs feels fulfilling, you know. Oh, it's it's incredibly fulfilling. And and uh, even even throughout the trainer course, when, when I see something and it's like, yo, that is really cool. And, and, it, and it's like... It, it does. It, it it provides a purpose, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you brought that up, that's a good segue to my next question I was going to ask you about. Through your training, what was the most surprising but also most valuable thing you learned? Um, you know, as, as far as surprising goes, we'll, we'll start, we'll break it down into two parts. As far as surprising goes, like, you don't realize, I think, outside of this world how intelligent these animals are. And so when you start working uh, with pets, even, even if you've got pet dogs, you're like, Oh, it's, it's a pet. It's, it does what it does. And, and a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, even somebody uh, with, or with somebody with no experience, they're going to, they're just going to look at a dog and and they're going to think that, you know, they're kind of dumb. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I have a French bulldog at home and, and I'm sure if I tried to get him to do some of this stuff, he'd be like, no. And so, um, to see, to see how fast these dogs pick things up and, and actually how intelligent back to IQ, how intelligent they are. Um, I, I it, that was truly like the really surprising thing to me that, that kind of clicked is like, wow, these dogs are actually far more intelligent than we let them be. And, and as pets, we kind of like, hold that back and even when people get some of these pets that are that are working dogs they they see that and they're like these pets are or these dogs are super intelligent and now we have a purpose for them and it's like really cool to see how fast they pick up on the purpose yeah 
I'm going to kind of go outside of the hands-on experience and, and kind of think big picture with, with value it is, and take, you know, a, a, a police working dog, for instance, to me, that's realistically what I, I have kind of really started to enjoy in this. Um, and so, you know, what, what a police dog is able to do on the street, essentially, you know, we've talked countless times about how, you know, drug busts and apprehending suspects and just different things like that. I think to me, that is the end product to me is the most valuable. Um, and I know that there's a million steps to get to that end product and it takes a lot of time. And so, so just kind of looking at, at that end product and being like, wow, that is actually valuable, not just to us here or, or, you know, pet owners, but like actually keeping people safe. And like that aspect of it is probably the most valuable to me. That's something that when people come into this course and, you know, when they actually get their hands on a working dog, it's kind of a, it's almost like an adrenaline rush. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like you have a rabid animal. (laughs) And you don't, and and looking like just from the outside in, if, if somebody was just out here watching, it looks like complete chaos. Like you said, like a rabbit dog, but, but, um, to, to really get, wow, ADHD, <laughs> freaking way off topic again, um, to just kind of see the processes and, and how everything goes through and, and, and flowing these dogs is, is it's, it's much more than a pet. Like these dogs actually have, can have a purpose and it's, it's in, in very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I, I I actually had a student one time that came in here for a handler course and we had just gotten to uh, bring dogs from overseas. And um, when we put our green dogs through, you know, we put them on dope, the odor, and then it's like, hey, you're going in the class. Mm-hmm. I'm only on one drug and they kind of finish out that process throughout. And uh, I had the student break the dog and this dog was just all over the place, super high drive, just want to pull them everywhere and you know it's like almost as if the student doubted that we could get this dog ready for the street in six weeks and i had to sit him down and be like hey man we've been doing this for a while Mm -hmm. like trust me these dogs learn really really fast we do this all the time (laughs) just stick with the process listen to us follow our instruction we're not going to let you go way far out in a stray um but you'll see like we'll turn all that chaos and we'll structure it and it's going to happen real quick and these dogs learn real fast and they don't forget <laughs> no and, and and that's fair and um i think you know it, it's I can believe, and, and at the beginning of this, I 100% can see where somebody would look at this and be like, there's no way this dog is going to be ready in six weeks. But like you said, you know, if you just kind of stick to the process and, and trust the trainers and, and, and learn along the way, cause it's, it is fast paced, especially when you get here for a, you know, a, a green handler or student, uh, trainer student, it's, it's fast paced and, to see, you know, just how fast dogs pick it up, you know, that is, it's actually really cool to see how fast dogs can pick it up in that six weeks. And they're, you know, we're working one right now and how fast he's picking up dope is like, wow, holy crap. Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you've been through this course for about eight weeks. You're on graduation tomorrow. Week. Graduation tomorrow. That's right. So thinking back on your course, can you uh, tell me what you think was probably one of the most challenging aspects these past eight weeks? For me, as as somebody who's probably seen it, sitting in a classroom, which we talked about, my ADHD just goes all over the place. Sitting in a classroom uh, and, and, and test taking for me is, is the most challenging part. Um, I, I've never been a good test taker ever in my entire life. And so I really have to pay attention and I really have to study and I bring snacks and things like that. And all the coffee in the world, you're going to drink a lot of coffee as a trainer. And one nation, one nation coffee. (laughs) And, 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 uh, so, so really kind of picking up the bookwork side of that and, and what it really, what you really need to learn was really the most challenging thing for me. And then applying that, what I learned to a test when you don't have that book in front of you anymore. And now you're just kind of going off of what you've hopefully remembered. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we differ from, I think a lot of schools and I mean, a lot of schools that I've been through in the military, um, because a lot of the times, or even when I was in college, a lot of the times you get multiple choice and yeah, and we, we don't, we don't do that here and we do it for a specific reason. Um, and a lot of students do find that very challenging, but like I always tell them, you know, we have the test structured that way because we really want to see what you know. Read the right. question. We want to see the attention to detail because you may not realize it, but kind of in the background, what we're working on is your attention to detail because that's a vital aspect of being a trainer. And we're trying to develop that in, you know, those secondary tasks, right? Like test taking. Obviously, you're not out there. Um, getting hands-on experience with that secondary task of test taking and in the meantime we're kind of during your your study habits we're having you hone in and focus on that so mm-hmm. um you're not the only one absolutely oh i believe that yeah i mean and, and 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 being quite frank like those tests are hard i mean i'm the last one to finish every test and yeah you sure are <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine you know and I'll, I'll be the last one if that's what it takes. And, and uh, so I, I don't have a problem with that, but that is, it is a challenge for me and it's something that I'm going to continue to build on. And, and hopefully in the future, I'm able to start teaching those classes and then kind of learning it from a flip side because all that's doing is reinforcing those things into me as I'm teaching them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, sitting down and taking that test is, it's nerve wracking. Like I told you after, after my final, I, my stomach was almost a knots. Like I was, I was miserable during that. Definitely. Well, aside from the classroom and test taking, mm-hmm. what do you think you struggled with the most as far as out in the field um, with those dogs? Oh, uh, I, that's easily it's it's timing, and and I know that like I know that still to this day that my timing has to get better. You know whether it's it's rewarding or or uh, corrections or anything like that it just has to be it's got to be very on point and because dogs attention spans are like ours and they don't they don't care 
you know, if, if you're, if you're not correcting them, well, you know, obviously, but if you're not correcting them in, in the right amount of time, they're already off. They're, they're off course, they're off track, they're off, you know, whatever that objective is. And so timing has definitely been the hardest thing for me out in the field when it comes to, to picking up things. And, and realistically, I think it's, you know, a, a good example that I can give is, is during just basic obedience work and, and getting that timing down has been challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, that's something that I can just, I've been in your same shoes. Of course. I've gone through this course. And, yeah. Um, I kind of, kind of taking the same pathway that I've taken in going through this course and working here at Custom Canine as a trainer. And, you know, I can say that, you know, I didn't have the best timing either. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes like, you know, it's funny because you guys look at me like you'd be like, this dog's not working. <laughs> like, uh i take the dog and then it's working <laughs> yeah it's you fixed are like, what, the heck? what the heck and i mean it's it's not a magic touch it's just i've been doing i've been practicing i've gotten all that practice because i it, it didn't used to look like that that's something that will slowly start to I'll, I'll be better at my timing and and i understand that and it's just something that i'm gonna have to continue to work on yeah. um but i'm not afraid of a little work yeah well you know through you know practice obviously you know this is something i've been doing for a while and doing it every day and i'm always getting an opportunity to practice and when you figure that timing out and you have that really good muscle memory um because all timing is is you communicating with the dog right right and you know you don't want to blur those lines with the dog so you want to be very precise about what you want them to do say whether it's rewarding or, like you said, corrections, uh, I'm communicating with that dog. And if my message is just a little too late or too early, it can screw up what that dog is uh, or what we're trying to communicate. Yeah, you're blurring the lines. And how that message is being received. So, and that's something that, you know, I was harped on. Uh, I, my trainers really pushed. Uh, me to understand and that's something that I try to pass on as well to trainer students and handler students because that's one of those aspects that when you get that timing down and you really understand it it's really gonna everything else kind of just falls in place mm-hmm. so um but yeah you know I definitely I feel where you came to <laughs> or yeah I, I can feel uh I can feel that I understand that it's a lot of just repetition. So we talked about your struggles, right? Um, some of the challenging aspects. Where do you think that you had the most success? I know this is going to be another answer to another question. Uh, I think I've really picked up on bite work. Um, I, well, first of all, that was the that was the first time I've fallen all course. I'm just going to throw that out there. And he took my legs out from underneath me. Um, I mean, the thing is, I don't know, you mentioned your ADHD. And, you know, I remember right before that, I said, you're going to need to present the left leg. It was 100% my fault. Yeah. And then you went ahead and told me that I didn't say that. And then you were corrected by my apprentice, Keely. <laughs> Shout out, Keely. I didn't say that you didn't say that. I just said that I didn't hear that. Yeah. But that's because I was, you know, ADHD. Yeah. yeah. We could find <laughs> 
but um, attention to detail is also an important aspect. Mm, so, good call. Good call. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. You've been pretty successful, but still need that attention to detail at the end of the day. And there's a, I mean, bite work is one of those things that I personally took a liking to, especially being in the decoy suit. Um, I never thought, I mean, I'm, kind of just a rodeo clown <laughs> yeah and but, i'm always the first one to volunteer which yeah. i think might have become a problem at some point when other people were catching bites and you were like no you cannot and because i just it excites me it, it's fun it's yeah you're literally playing tug of war with a dog but you're in this big suit and it's like kind of bulletproof almost yeah and i mean you know the bite works sexy everyone wants to do the bite yeah. work i think bite work really draws people in we can, we're keeping sexy in there, right? Okay, I'm going to keep dropping sexy. You can sexy. look at me. You're so calculated. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, everyone sees the bite work. They want a bite dog. But when it comes to getting in the suit, you see a lot of people that tend to shy away. Or when there's a particular dog that's about to be brought out or that's in rotation and then you know when that dog's coming up in the road they're out of the suit <laughs> they're <laughs> quick and fast and out of the herd somewhere in the suit and you don't got any volunteers but um that's you know especially your first time getting bit by a dog you know it's unsure you you get you never realize i mean you watch the videos but you don't realize like how intense it is like that yeah. adrenaline and you got you're you're essentially getting mauled <laughs> granted you have a protective suit on you can feel those bites you feel that pressure <laughs> oh yeah you know and, and i i think after day one or two or whatever it was of, of biting there was everybody's you know the back of everybody's arms is bruised you can definitely still feel the bites and it's not like it's non-existent um but at, at the end of the day i think that it's to me, it's it's one of the most enjoyable things that I've I've had the most best experience with, and I think that um, it's something that I've been pretty competent with uh, since we since we started. Yeah, um, I would agree to that to a certain extent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the leg thing today, I think I've been all right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and you know that first day of bite work, it's kind of funny. Like people have these big bruises on their arms and they're super concerned. Some people bruise a little more than others. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, need to eat more red meat, get some iron in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually my suggestion, but what, uh, you know, people panic, uh, when that happens and, you know, it can look pretty gruesome. And I think I told your class this, but you know, I, I try to tell this to every class because I know it's always, it's, on somebody's mind like is this normal for my arm to look like this <laughs> right um and when it comes to the sport of decoying or just decoying in general uh your body it, when you're first exposed to bites like that your body's just not used to that kind of trauma in that area yeah so, it's new yeah it's it's a new experience and you're just getting bruised up and it looks nasty but i assure people you know you keep doing it, you keep pushing through it, you know, it's something that your body, you're essentially just hardening your body. Um, it's good old fashioned body hardening. <laughs> I think there's also like a mental aspect to it too, you know, in sure. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. You're in that big suit, especially if it's hot out, it's 
you're going to be sweating. Like I came back today drenched in sweat after working one of the dogs. And, oh yeah. And Especially so those uh, hot summer days. Yeah. That's lovely. And with our gotta, humidity. Gotta, and then you got to get a suit from someone that just uh, finished doing bright work and they're quite a sweaty person so yeah and and i'm i'm one of those sweaty people so i i know when people get that suit on after a lot of people don't know this but i'm actually the stinkiest trainer here at ccu so it's because you don't take showers (laughs) yeah i do just not often you go down and take them in the the river (laughs) river. yeah i'm pig pen from the crime episode so everyone knows (laughs) but (laughs) And I think there's a mental aspect to it too, in, in the sense of like, there is so much going on around you in that white suit. You know, you're getting instruction from, from a trainer. You're getting, you've got a handler that's giving dogs instruction. You've got praise going to the dog. You've got to react, you know, to the dog when it rebites or, or, uh, you know, and, and so picking up on all of that stuff becomes, it's a lot, you know, to process all within that short little window of it happening. It's not like, you know, there's not a whole lot of time from the time that dog is released to the time that you're catching it. There's not a lot of time to process. These dogs are fast. And as much as we like to joke about running away from the dogs, like it's not going to happen. Like, (laughs) especially when you've got legs that are three times the size of your normal legs and they're rubbing together as you're trying to run away, looking like you're waddling away realistically. And so there's, there's a lot of mental aspects to it too. Uh, in the sense of, you know, you, there's a lot to process and, and there's people in the background watching and in my head, I'm like, all right, I haven't fallen up to this point. I don't want to fall now. And yeah. so there's that kind of stuff to it too. You, you kind of get your own head too and psyching yourself out and kind of goes back to what you're saying about people like being hesitant to get in the suit is like, you're probably realistically psyching yourself out because at the end of the day, it's not that bad. And, and I enjoy it. Yeah. And I mean, it's a fun aspect. And I think another aspect that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is when you're decoying and you're doing long sets and you're working a dog, like that physical aspect, as far as your conditioning, like you gotta be, I mean, to be able to have a career in doing bite work, like you gotta be an athlete, which obviously I am. Um, (laughs) but not everyone is fortunate to have my genetics. Um, I understand. To my understanding, you're the athlete here on the campus, and I am actually excited to be able to take that from you because I'm definitely far more athletic than you are. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. So, next uh, company basketball game. Although I, I no, me and AJ are still on a team, so he's even still, better. Still me and Hunter. Oh, yeah. Actually, I've kind of me, me and Hunter, we've made amends. So he's my BFF. You can't jump teams. He's my work BFF. AJ, you heard that? He jumped teams. <laughs> I got you though. You could be my 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 well, one. I, I got a special bond with Hunter now, so um, we'll leave that out of it. But you know, <laughs> but you know, you got all this stuff going on. You're trying to get the feedback from the dog, and on top of that, you're tired, mm-hmm. right? And what I really try to push through to people is like. I know you're tired, but the dog this, don't care. <laughs> this is for the dog. The we dog gotta, doesn't care that you're tired, and that's gotta, something I've heard you say. Yeah, the dog doesn't care that you're tired. You need to get this set in. You need to do it right. Push through. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of a lot of it is just mental. Like when you start thinking, "I'm tired, I'm tired," but I tell people all the time, "I'm like, I know you're tired, 
but what you're doing with this dog could potentially save someone's life. Right sure. Now. And I think that gives people a little bit more perspective and they kind of push those, um, those thoughts and feelings per se of, you know, just being gassed out and worn out and all that pain. And, you know, they really push through and that's, that's awesome to see. And, yeah, I mean, decoy is just fun, man. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's definitely something I, I I tried to talk you into letting me take over in the near in the future, and you were like, absolutely yeah, no. not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, how, not after how you did today. Um, wasn't really impressed, but I'm hopeful to get that video later. <laughs> so moving on to the next point, um, I always told you guys about those light bulb moments, right? Yeah, and I shared with you guys some of those light bulb moments that I experienced while I was through the training course, and you know when you have those light bulb moments and you're just like, "Well, this is what the trainer was talking about." Everything just comes together and it works on the dog. Tell me about any light bulb moments that you experienced. Um. Well, one of the first ones that I remember was the the. We might have to edit this out. Opposition reflex and the way that you kind of described that and how it worked. And and I think that was kind of a light bulb moment. Like, oh, I'm pulling on this dog and he's just pulling away from me. Like, what it well, why? And so I think that uh you know that was one of the first probably the one that kind of sticks out the most was the light bulb moment. Like, you know, we talked about pets a little bit and and you know, I walking your dog down the road and he's pulling off one way and you're just pulling on him. He's like, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. And, and so he, I think that that is like the biggest light bulb moment I've had is like, I can't just pull on this dog to get him to do what I want. There yeah. actually has to be timing. It also has to be like an actual, there's a process behind it that it's, it's not just yanking on the dog. However you think is going to work. Cause he's just, he's, a lot of times he's stronger than a lot of these handlers. And so he's just going to pull them wherever he wants. Yeah. And it's funny to see too. I mean, that's usually first people's first instinct is hey, this dog's getting away from me. Let me just suck him back in. Right. But they don't even realize that they're doing the just, opposite of that. You're making the problem worse. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, think about how often people, especially if they got a dog that's reactive, let's just talk about the trip, you know, people walking their dogs out public mm-hmm. and the dog sees another dog and then all of a sudden you know people tighten up on that leash and they start putting pressure and they tend to just make those reactivity problems worse right but you know to their credit like they don't know any better like they, and, and has anybody just coming off the street i didn't know any better either and, yeah. and, and the way that you kind of describe that to us and you're like oh that that makes sense because every time you pull on a dog it just wants to pull the opposite direction and yeah and so that was definitely that was a good a good teaching lesson from you and then, you know, a good, uh, light bulb moment, if you will, for yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, opposition reflux too, we can, having that understanding, we could also use it to our advantage as well. Like think about when we're teaching the rebite, mm-hmm. right? Using that opposition reflex. Yeah. You know that dogs has that reflex where they're going to want to drive forward. So we just use it to teach them how to do something. Right, in right. The working realm, or teaching them how to sniff while we're handling and drive in the deep corners by utilizing that and having that uh, knowledge of just the anatomy of the dog. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I already know what you're going to talk about, um, but 
because the voice of reason here, Maya, she's watching and she's making sure that I'm asking you all these questions. She's holding a gun up to my head. <laughs> but what area of working training? Don't interrupt. <laughs> what area of working dog training is the most exciting to you? Do I actually need to think about this one, or can I go ahead and answer? Go ahead and answer. The most exciting to me is is bite work, and and I'm. Oh wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. It's almost like you know I was gonna say that. Um, it has been the most fun for me. Um, we talked about conditioning. I don't think that my conditioning is much of an issue, uh, so I, I just really enjoy it. I, I like it's the sexy part of of canines, if you will. And yeah. so, so catching bites, man, I, I've really kind of taken a liking to that. It's sexy. It's very sexy. It's, um, it's actually the sexiest part of this training. <laughs> it certainly is. Keep the sexy, Jim. Um, so, okay, that's the most exciting to you. Which do you think is the least sexiest? Do you think you know what I'm going to say here? No, actually, I don't. When it comes to physically working with dogs... Yeah. Well, okay, we can go two different directions here. Um, cleaning kennels <laughs> and dealing with dog poop is probably one of my least favorite things. Um, wow, really? <laughs> no. Uh, actually, you know, when it comes to actually training, uh, and I know that this may be a unpopular opinion, but to me, the least sexiest is obedience. And at least for me, um, it just it's like repetition and repetition and repetition. So I just kind of get bored with it. And, and I'm like, all right, well, they're just going to walk around in circles and walk up and down the road. We're going to walk past these dogs. And it just kind of becomes like redundant essentially. And so I just kind of get, it's just kind of my least favorite part. I know that it's important and I understand the importance of it. And I think that it can be sexy. Um, but really when you're just kind of building off of just, you know, basic obedience it's it's kind of something that i've kind of like struggled to keep my brain with yeah i mean you know i appreciate your honesty um but you know as far as it not being the most sexiest you gotta understand too it's really the foundation of everything that we're doing and you know what's crazy and what i found um you know kind of mind-blowing is I've ran into handlers that have been trained in other schools and, you know, I asked them about their obedience or, you know, they come and train with us and we break out for a session and I tell them to do some obedience and they're like, I've never done obedience, I've never done it. And it's, it's insane, but there's places like that, you know, and to think that you have a police dog yet you don't have that control. <laughs> You know, who's to say that that dog will come back to you if he gets loose? I mean, that's just a huge liability. And I mean, just thinking about everything that we do, um, that foundation is built in the obedience. If you can't get your dog to listen to you and walk next to you, what makes you think he's going to come back from a bite, you know, or work around the decoy and want to follow you around when there's a decoy around? But having that control is a vital aspect. And not only from a liability standpoint, but 
overall for the benefit of the dog and the handler. So, and I think, and to kind of to build on that is is it's really cool to see when a handler does have good obedience on his dog, and he's on a bite and he's a hundred yards away and calls that dog off, and the dog is like, oh, okay, I'm done, and goes back to his handler. So. I do understand it and I do understand how important it is. Don't get me wrong, but it was what I thought was, you know? And so I I really think it is cool when those dogs do listen really well. I was working with one today and and, and that's the example I just used is, is he was on a bite and he gave the, the, the out command and, and you know, the, the here command and that dog was okay, I'm done and ran right back to the handler. And so, you know, saying going on what you were saying is, is that's really important, especially for that handler specifically. Because he, he is a, a, a in law enforcement, and so it is really cool when somebody does have good obedience on their dog. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I give you some uh, sexy advice from a high IQ individual. Let's hear it. Um, this is just something, and I, I'm I'm kind of kind of delving into some of my experience, but um, just sharing with you um, what was one of the least sexiest aspects for me was track. I hated tracking. Really? Yeah. I did this course in the summer, or like maybe the spring, early summer. And I'll tell you something. Um, if I was tracking like this, it wouldn't be too bad. But in the summer, we get those drill spiders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Those big green spiders. And they make webs yeah. as big as they possibly can. Yeah. So think about doing puppy tracks. <laughs> Out there in the woods. And you got to pick a new track every time. So it's not like the person before you knocked down all the Jero spiders before you walked through it. So, so you're just stuck knocking them down yeah. as you run through. So I was like, man, this sucks. That's <laughs> like, fair. You know, um, but, you know, even though it was one of those aspects that, you know, I didn't enjoy the most, I didn't want it to be an aspect that was going to, you know, hinder my performance. Right. Right. Like, Hey guys, Voice of Reason here. Due to some technical difficulties, we did lose audio for the rest of this week's podcast episode. However, if you have any questions or you just want a little bit more information about any of our trainer or handler courses, you can always head over to our website, which is always linked below in the show notes, as well as all of our contact information if you'd rather get in contact with someone to figure out which course may be the best option for you. If you were just tuning in to hang out with us and listen, thanks so much for hanging out. We appreciate it. Don't forget, Tuesdays, our short sets are going up. Fridays, we'll have our long form up. Both are always posted at noon, so we'll see you guys next week.